This podcast contains adult content, so if you've got little ears in the car, you may want to turn it down. We also go deep into the emotional, spiritual, and energetic worlds, so please open your hearts and proceed with care. And as soon as your outer vestments are in hand, I know you're in your Welcome to the Woo Woo Verse. It is a deep dive into energy and self and soul awakening. And I am one of your two co hosts. I'm Kira Lee. And I'm Lynette. And we are intuitives, we are energy readers, we are channels. We're all round hot bitches, really. And this week we have arrived at the top. We've made it to the top. We've been working our way through the chakras and we've made it to the crown chakra. It's the place where we connect with the divine. So we're going to be talking about the G word a little bit this week, aren't we, Lynette? Can you tell I'm already breaking out in a sweat here? <laughs> oh, controversial chakra, but I love this chakra. And it is like we've reached the glass mezzanine level of our chakra system. It's where the light comes in. And when you consider where we started at the bottom, which is the base and sort of that beautiful light going down our legs into the earth that connects to the earth grid, this chakra does exactly the same thing but in reverse and it transcends up into the highest realms of energy and light and draws that into our system and who wouldn't be freaking excited about that it's the bomb of chakras really in some ways when you're talking about <laughs> spiritual connection prana chi energy levels you know all round transcendence one of my favorite definitions of the chakras or one of my favorite ways of looking at the chakras is gates of perception mm. and up here it's it's perception of the divine it's perception of god i can do this it's perception of god it's just like sorry my inner 16 year old is just rolling her eyes so hard right now that she's breaking her neck she cannot believe she grew up to host a podcast where god was discussed in a really loving excited way so if i'm just doing a little bit of processing and catching up with myself in real time please yep okay i support you thank you Thank you. I did have a problem with the word, we'll probably get into this, God, during my late high school years into university and turned my back on it completely. But I can't tell you how many times I just got brought back to going, there is no other word for that other than God. So we can get, we're going to get there today. It's okay. We're going to get okay. there. And I can do this. I can, I'm fine. We've actually come through many phases and there are many words for this energy. You don't have to say God if you don't want to and and I support you. I'm here to support you through this. It's Thank okay. you. Well, look, and, and it's true, language does fail us here a little bit, doesn't Bingo. it? Because we are talking yeah. about about things that are beyond human mm. comprehension, mm. beyond our understanding. We can tap into it. We can absolutely have a relationship mm. with it. But it is it does transcend us. It is above us. We can't ever fully understand it, and therefore we don't have the words to fully describe it. And for a lot of people, especially people who have been mm. spiritually harmed, God can be a really complicated word. So we are going to use that word a lot today, but we also want to introduce the concept of Ishvara, which is a, a yogic concept, and it's the God that you believe in. 
Yeah. So it doesn't have to be a dude on a cloud with a beard or any of the images of God you've been shown. It, it's whatever you believe God to be is what we're talking about when we say God, right? Yeah, and that holds spiritual essence or spiritual power for you. That could be nature. Mm, the universe. In a 12-step recovery program, it's considered the higher power. For many tribes in the New Age movement, they would say the divine or mm, the universal truth. Truth, or, beauty, art. Yeah, I mean, I went to see Arma earlier this year and I think one of the beautiful singers that was on the altar with her sang the thousand names for the divine mother and it went for like a long time as you can imagine but Mm. I was like wow a thousand names for the divine mother and it was like pure lotus opening and you know all the translations and I think that's it we use one word but it is vast and that is this chakra actually Kiralee if you imagine it it kind of looks like a big crystal doorway above your head and it sits about 50 centimeters above your head and it sends light up and it sends light down and it's kind of got these little funnel like light energies that keep trying to get light down through the denser parts of our frequency and like the throat chakra where I said you really need to choose to want to go deep into this chakra you could spend your whole life resisting the throat chakra if you wanted to it could push against you and push against you and you know what you might go into denial and turn your back and shut your mouth and walk away and I have known people who've passed over like that I think we all have and Mm -hmm. that is very possible same with the third eye you can have people who never experience wonder never see that flower opening that star falling from the sky they never get to that place of vision and wonder on this planet and then you can have people that never experience that grace account the crown chakra until the moment of passing and you know, usually even people who are atheists who come to see me as a clairvoyant, if they have someone who was also an atheist who passed over and we have that conversation with the person who's on the other side, as I've said before, they get this awakening that there is something more. So these upper chakras are very much your choice about how deep you want to go into them most of the time. I'll put a caveat over that because sometimes like there are people like me who kind of got the rush of it from whatever reason, whatever decision I made before I came, that they were going to open spontaneously at a certain age. But most people have to choose. Mine got handed to me as well, actually, in an ayahuasca ceremony. Yeah. All of a sudden I was, yeah. I, you know, generally with ayahuasca, you don't see it coming, whatever's going yeah. to happen for you. And I always set intentions and sometimes the spirit would be like, okay, we'll talk about that. And other times she'd be like, nah, <laughs> we're mm. talking about this today. And so I can't even remember what my intention it was very, for this one was, but I remember it was very a real world. I'm struggling with this problem. Please help me through it. And instead I got transported away and given this um, amazing column of light coming down through the top of my head. And this was really the beginning of my awakening as well. I'd done a lot of yoga up until that point. I had been working through the chakras but in terms of like my real channel opening up this was the moment where I I was given this column of light and told that it was open and that I could draw as much energy down as I wanted and it would never run out and it was always there for me I just had to believe in it I said lights on things got crossed chakras were fucking exploding
It happened in a bathroom because I sometimes, because I was a bit open anyway. And so in ayahuasca ceremonies, sometimes I was finding it a bit too much to be in there with everybody else's energy. So I had to like leave and give myself some space. And so then I was in the bathroom when this happened, like just sitting down and I was like, wow, I've been, I've been high in bathrooms quite a lot in my life. <laughs> I had a bit of a flashback to all of the times. Yes. And I was like, but it's never quite been like this really. <laughs> There's so many uses for bathrooms. That's a whole episode. Um, <laughs> prayer rooms of the 21st century. Um, <laughs> of the club. You know, it's so, this topic is actually one of my favourite topics to bring up at a dinner party. And that may sound crazy, but some people really love to know what people are wearing or <laughs> what they're eating, what their buzz is around food. My dig is oh my God, tell me your spiritual experiences because they rock my boat. But someone asked me this once and it's so interesting to hear because you never forget them. And it's like when you retell a dream that was so powerful and it's funny we talk about that because the portal of the crown chakra and the third eye are really associated with where we get these amazing dreams coming into our our consciousness and where we get the dreams that have symbolic memory and energy in them where we can sort of feel that connection to something that's going to happen or prepare ourselves or the connection to loved ones on the other side or deja vu but basically when we tell these stories we are reliving the memory of being opened and my teacher always used to say that it's not just what's happening to you in the physical world at that moment your chakras are being opened their spirits are stepping in and giving you sort of like that energetic adjustment and they always come at the most unexpected moments and mine one of the most memorable and I think most people will say they happen incrementally there are quite a few little minutes in a meditation class or a massage or you'll get you'll have these keystone moments that you go that was when I had a memory of my past life or that was when I got I felt healing enter my body it's it's an amazing thing but the day that my partner said to me knowing that I really dig the spirit world he said I'm going to take you on a date and we're going to go to Govinda's which I love I love a good buffet oh, especially an Indian oh, buffet movie yeah yes. a movie cushion movie padded cushion oh. room and an Indian buffet. Hello. He knows you well. Yeah. He knows me well. And it so happened to be, and he thought, this is going to be a winner, The Passion of Christ. Mel Gibson's The Passion of Christ. And I was like, interesting choice. Yep, you've got me. You've read me as a spiritual person. <laughs> Not exactly a make-out movie, but fine. Let's get no. it No. Yeah. But I was like, I'm open. I should really enjoy this. Now, that may sound crazy for anyone who knows the story of the crucifixion of Jesus, but I really did sit down with a sense of, yes, this is going to be exciting. From the minute the credits started, and this is something I will never be able to explain, I started weeping and weeping and weeping to the point I was sobbing. So by the third scene where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, preparing for the fact that he knows that he's going to die, I am blubbering. Is this, a, this isn't a first date? Oh, no. I hope. No, we Good. had okay. known each other well. But he turned, yeah, my okay. partner turned to me and was like, do you want to go? And I was like... I don't think I can. Something's happening to me. And so he just held my hand and let me cry and cry and cry. And I couldn't explain it. I watched the entire movie crying. Obviously, when I left, I was as, as upset as what 
I was in the cinema, I said, I think I just need to go home. I need to run a bath. I need to figure out what this is because it's happening to me in a way that I had no idea it was going to. And even though it went not in a spiritual moment, something must need to happen. So I went home, drew a bath. He was lovely, put on a cup of tea and went, I'll wait for you to get out of the bath whenever you're ready. And I went into the bath and I sat and I cried and I had this moment where I saw everything in the story of Jesus's crucifixion that I had never seen before. And it could have been any religion, any story, any parable. Yes, I grew up with that tradition. But what I can describe is that I had heard that story at least 700 times in my life. When I was sitting in that bathtub, I felt this energy say to me, don't you get it? I have already taken your suffering. You never need to suffer again. That your job is to agree to that and hand it to me and never, ever feel like you have to hold the weight of anything for too long. Your job is to say, I am done with it. Thank you. Take it from me. And that's what we're waiting for. Give this to us. And How beautiful. Oh, and I saw him pass through with all of the world's pain and I was like oh my god that was transcendental no drugs by the way no drugs just Indian food (laughs) a lot of turmeric I, I think when we're talking about a relationship with the divine that's also really what we're talking about some of us have been given a an archetype of god who maybe is um very judgmental or angry or there's certain rules that need to be followed in order to to connect. But I think when we're talking about a relationship to the divine through this chakra, we really are talking about one of connection to source, of connection to love, of endless forgiveness, of endless hope and joy and and nobody needs to be between you and it and there's no judgment coming back. It's not like an angry parent. It's like constant connection. I never understood the story of the prodigal son. It never made sense to me that you could go away and be bad and naughty and then come back and your father would be like, hey, no worries, like it's fine, it's all good, come here, give me a hug. I'd be like, that's not fair. It's not how he goes. He needs to be punished, doesn't he? And then I started being able to connect to source and that's exactly what it is. Like it's always... It's always love every time you go into it and it's always there for you. And we are talking about a lot of these kind of stories and parables and people will have them from their own culture and, you know, what was passed on to them. But what's interesting about what we're talking about is I had kind of given up that concept of those stories by that time. I was completely a spiritualist. I was free-ranging. So to be kind of put in that movie and then be in the bathtub, you know, it could be a whole story. God appears in a bathtub and a bathroom again. Again. (laughs) How many times, you know. (laughs) But the moment that I came out to my partner and I said to him, oh, my God, I can't believe what I just discovered. And it, it's just this experience of I have, it's done. I know I will never forget that feeling of the line is there. And the story doesn't become what you've been taught. It becomes what you now know. It becomes an integrated truth mm, of really what good the point. sacred is for you. And, you know, I could tell that story to 700 people and people might go, yeah, I don't get it. But I got it in a feeling of divine 
inspiration. And I think that's what's amazing about this chakra. It floods you with divine inspiration and knowing. You get a vision and you get to see it all, the divine design of it all. Exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And, and I think you kind of said it really well before when you were like, it's a little bit sometimes like a dream. Maybe you do explain it, you know, when you tell your dreams to other people and they're like, that means nothing to me. And you're like, but no, it was so real. It's like the yeah. same. Like, again, we tell these stories and they're so real to us. We know them from our lived experience, even if someone else is like, yeah, that doesn't mean a thing to me. And let's talk about having a relationship with God. Mm. See the way I just said that? God, 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 God. Yeah, what does it look like to have <laughs> flying? What does it look like to have a relationship with God, to be in relationship with the divine, to have a connection to a higher power that is part of your life and part of your ongoing daily existence? Well, that could be completely up to you. And that's what's so amazing about it. I mean, we got taught that it was certain things, but it absolutely requires you just to be present with the sense that there is a source of divine, even if you don't connect knowingly to what that is. I think God the universe loves a believer. It's just that one step. It's the step to believe that maybe it's there. Maybe it's possible. And I kind of talk about it. It's a funny analogy. But in Australia, we do super. You put in a dollar and the government, well, they used to, put in a dollar into your super account. So it was dollar for dollar. And I kind of describe it like that. And it's a retirement thing, right? Yes, it's a retirement fund. So yeah, I kind yeah. of describe it like that in this grace account. Like you reach up. And it will equally reach down. You reach up a little bit more mm. and it reaches down. And it, it just requires you to open the account, basically. And that is one thing I never understood until I did it, mm. that it is I take a step towards it, it takes a step towards me. Absolutely. Two steps taken, two steps taken. It's like I, I do feel like there is an energy, there is a power out there that really is just waiting for us to step forward and go, oh, my God, I'm into this. And at this point, oh, my God, um, God goes, oh, my God, I'm into this too. Like, I'm into you. Let's go. Like, Hi. Hi. I've been waiting <laughs> maybe several lifetimes for this, but we got there. Let's roll. That is the winks. The winks start appearing. You're right. The winks are there and the high hellos are there. You know, whether you're coming from an absolute yeah. zero understanding of God or whether you're coming from a I was taught blind faith kind of perspective of God, you still have to make the choice at this point to come to the universal force on your own at this adult level. Yeah, um, yeah. Blind faith and doctrine is only going to get you so far. I think there is this higher ceiling. And that's not really what we're talking about here either, is it? It's a journey there, but it is, and this it certainly accesses this account. If you walk into any temple or any church in this world, they are accessing this account. And in fact, evangelically, sometimes it can be way opened and people are very confused and abused in that space. Mm. So, mm. Um, yeah, it is a chakra that accesses through all these things, but we do definitely need to come to it individually and independently as an adult in that respect. And like the other chakras, this chakra works in conjunction, right? So we have made it to the top chakra, but it, it's not in isolation. The most successful connection through this chakra is one that is built up from the ground up as you work way, your way through and heal in every chakra to help you get up to this chakra and the lessons and the healings of this chakra. Then, but ultimately, this is this connection to the divine. It's a bridge you have to cross if you if you want to enter this world, right? Yes, absolutely. And for some people, survival things are taken away or there's some kind of 
um, shaky foundation that leads us to, into this work. And for other people, it is a bolt of lightning from this grace account or the, you know, some kind of psychic energy or spiritual energy. Toilet bathroom experience. <laughs> yeah, yep. That kind of means then you go back down and try and work out what's going on. But you're right, that chakra up there literally then shines like a lighthouse down through all of the chakras. What's wonderful about it is when it can do that, when it's switched on and it is shining into each chakra, you kind of feel this divine force through all areas of your life. And having experienced that sort of coming through a really dark tunnel and then realising that the light wasn't just on between me and that space me in that divine connection it was actually now shining through every aspect of my life everything I did how I got a house or how I formed relationships it was through everything how I made my money so my whole life went through this frequency upgrade what I find interesting in this having worked with people in this over the years particularly people who are on the recovery journey so many people will get to their 12 step, they'll they'll be sober and then all of a sudden they'll get like six weeks in and they'll say, I can't go anymore. And I'll say, but you're doing so well. And they'll say to me, but I can't, I don't like the word God. I can't do this higher power thing. Mm. And I hear that's that. really big because it means that they were doing so well on this journey, but they got stuck on this energy in this word and I really want to say I understand it's a thing and it is something that some people I believe kind of karmically almost have to work through like it's a wrestle that you might have to have and you you know there are so many stories about going into a desert and feeling into it and coming out the other side of it but it is something that is very real for some people and it does stop some of the development of these chakras for a little while. It's like you get off the railway track for a bit and then you might have to go mm. back around, hit another rock bottom and kind of start again. That's where people who are ahead in the recovery game are amazing because they might have been there and they can tell you their divine awakening story and it has an impact on keeping people moving forward. And I think that's why those stories are so important. And I really hear that. I um have a copy that's floating around somewhere. I think maybe I already gave it away to some poor friend, but I wanted to do The Artist's Way a few mm. years ago. So got myself a copy of The Artist's Way, was really excited to do it, ultimately got a lot out of the program, but was so upset that she used the word God so much in that book and and could not handle it and got a pen and went through and crossed out every single usage of the word God in my copy of The Artist's Way. Yeah, Yeah. and like that was only maybe five years ago and now here I am hosting a podcast (laughs) about God. Um, But I really, you know, because I had been spiritually traumatised growing up. I had, religion had done a number on me. Mm. I, religion, Yeah. yeah, religion had done a number on me and therefore that changed the way I thought of God instead of seeing God as completely separate from religion and something that I could connect with on my own regardless of anybody else's patriarchal structures they wanted to put in the place yeah so anybody who gets blocked by the word god and at that point turns around and runs away i hear you i totally hear you yeah and Kelly, really we're talking about the concept that there is a surrender point in these top three chakras mm, okay like if you're having trouble surrendering what we're really saying is i am scared I'm going to lose control. It could be control of anything. You could list a thousand things in there, right? But what you're saying is if I trust in this higher power, something outside of me, 
I actually believe that that will not take care of me, that this will not be okay. Only I can trust me. Mm -hmm. And often Mm. where that comes from is that at some point you have not been okay when you surrendered. There was a point where you were open, dancing around, potentially that was the moment something horrifying happened or you were blamed or you don't feel that you will be forgiven or you feel wretched or unworthy. and. And often that's where the stick is and and I think it's worth saying that. So if you're one of those people out there having that issue, you can sit with that and go, hold on a minute, what am I scared of losing control of? What do I think will happen? Because imagine if we were standing here saying, I can literally grant you three wishes. Like what do you need healing on? What do you need change? What, what do you want? And what is the feeling that you want to live in? Would that make a difference if you absolutely knew that that was on the other side of it? And where does that wounding come from around control and handing things over? Yeah, I think we're really sold an illusion of control as well. That's like you can buy enough stuff to have control. You can have enough choice to have control. You can like, we've really put ourselves, humans, at the center of the universe and been like, we are the biggest thing on earth. We're the biggest thing in the universe. We're in control. If you choose it, you can make it happen. And it's just, that's just not true. At some point you have to just surrender and it can make it actually when I finally surrendered, And hey, I've got control issues out the wazoo. That's been a big theme of my life. This has not been an easy journey, the journey to surrender. I'm going to join that club. Virgo, born in the week of the system. (laughs) But it actually, in the end, I always think about it as it's like juggling plates. I was juggling so many plates and I was taking up so much of my time and energy juggling all these plates because I always had to be in control. I had to like organize everything. Mm. And then finally I just stopped juggling and I let the plates fall and it was fine. It actually was a relief to surrender and go, oh, my God, I'm just going to hand this over. Actually, how can I possibly think that I could figure this out? This is massive. I, I hand it over. You know, my surrender point, I have to say, was incredibly ungraceful. They so often are. <laughs> I did not surrender. I did not walk towards this journey with any sense of dignity. I don't feel... I'm so grateful for the universe or whatever force in me or around me that actually didn't let me move off the path at that time because I pretty much was kneeling in front of the universe begging the pain to stop. Please, I, if I, I've obviously been going the wrong way. Nothing I'm doing is working. I am in so much pain and clearly everything is falling apart there was no other way but to ask for help of something not there wasn't even a person around me to ask for help mm-hmm. the benefits of rock bottom right alenia vanzant says it so beautifully if if you've ever read her work she's the go-to woman i just love her in this chakra love she her. led me there i i did her book one day my soul just opened up honor of a pashna that's where i began that book and took it home with me and I walked around with it like it was my Bible. Hold on, aren't you, are you allowed to read on Vipassana, young lady? Or were you just being a Vipassana rebel and sneaking books in? Well, maybe I should call it a retreat. Maybe it wasn't a very strict, but I, it was It was 12 days. But, you know, I think when, yeah, I, okay. when I walked around with this book and people will attest to this, it was just scribbled in by the end of it because 
there were so many precious takeaways in that book that got me through that journey. She says, surrender is the active reminder that there is a divine law in operation and that we are always accountable to the higher law, that that law will protect us no matter what the situation is. And as long as we are in alignment with law, we will always get to where we truly desire. Amazing. Love her. Love her. It's that moment where you can't do anything humanly possible so you have to hand it to something that's obviously got more power than you when we get up into the chakra it's it's always very powerful it's not always easy though and I think when I was younger I had this idea that if you had some sort of divine connection then everything was just sunshine and roses Mm. and you were a certain way and your life looked a certain way and you were blessed hashtag blessed Mm. Um, but actually when we get up into the chakra it's not all sunshines and roses and and unicorn farts this is also where the dark night of the soul has its place Yeah, and it's absolutely true that just because you start on this spiritual journey doesn't mean that you don't feel angry anymore or you don't go down Mm. into some kind of deeper, denser frequency. In fact... You don't get your butt kicked by life. Yeah. and Sometimes that's exactly the the spiritual lesson that is required, (laughs) darn it. And actually what happens is as you transcend your frequency through these chakras, it's kind of like shining a light on a dirty room and everything that isn't. see it all. Yeah, you know, cleaned up kind of needs to get cleaned up. I mean, I remember saying this to someone once and they said, hey, even Jesus kicked over the table in the temple and he got really cranky one day. (laughs) And I was like, yes, okay, good. I'm going to have my temper tantrum. (laughs) And that's true. And I do think it's dangerous to think that everybody who goes onto this path is, you know, up there. And I'm actually really wary of that kind of energy of people that don't have sort of a lot of complexity in their personality and can't describe that because I think that to be human and divine is the goal in equal measure. And like you said, if I want to go to a yoga class and do a perfect series, which isn't about perfect postures, it's about perfect devotion and dedication and commitment and presence and go and have a beer and a shag afterwards, then here's to you. It's, and that's that's, the, that's my okay. perfect Saturday night right there. <laughs> Amen, sister. Yes, so the dark night usually begins with, well, let's say it can start gradually or it can start really, really quickly. And what happens is everything in your life becomes unmanageable and it becomes it's like everything starts to lose its luster and you almost stop being able to be powerful the way you used to be. So you can't push your life forward from your third chakra and you've talked about this before and it definitely happened to me. I was managing my life with my third chakra, my adapted adult personality and, you know, if I needed something I was able to kind of, I guess, manoeuvre things to do it or I had a certain gravity in the world. But then suddenly that all stops and it's usually that you have some kind of spiritual connection before this happens. Carolyn Meese talks about it as the journey of the mystic where you go into the tunnel almost to be met by the divine energy. It is. It can be quite an isolated, dark space. And I remember saying to a friend of mine, 
who went through it at a similar time and we knew no one who had gone through this. We only had Anatomy of the Spirit as our Bible and I went over to her house and it was pretty dark. Like it was that you think of the things you need to live and feel happy and everything was falling away, finance, work, identity, people. I, I wasn't in a great space. And I went to her and said, how dark do you think this gets? Because we'd been reading it as oh the darkness fell. And she said to me, yeah. I think we should stop asking that question. I think it's just going to be as dark as it needs to be. And then yeah. apparently yeah. it's going to get really light. And that may sound like a really weird thing to say, but we sat in front of her fire and I remember thinking, I have to accept that. I have to accept that I don't know how long this is going to take. I don't know how dark it's mm. going to get. But it was almost like I had to completely surrender my life to the universe and go, you'll have to show me what this is going to become. Yep. And again, it is like the dark night of the soul. It is a little bit along the lines of like the benefits of rock bottom, right? Mine was, um, mine yeah. was short and it was brutal and it was horrible and it was only four days long. And it, mm. But it was like it was the strangest experience. I, I, travel, I travel by myself. I'm very comfortable with that, mm. but I was in a hotel room in Siem Reap and all of a sudden, yeah, everything just started to go wobbly. I was like mm. my channel, I was really in the process of like opening up and starting to read mm. and do this work and I'd been feeling really good mm. and then all of a sudden it started to wobble yes. and then I just fell and it was like it was like a, a crater opened up underneath me and I just fell and because I was in Cambodia and you can kind of get whatever you want in Cambodia, mm. I really like I just bought a bunch of booze and drugs and like dug myself wow. a deeper hole and crawled into it for four oh, days. Yes. And it was messy and it was bad and it was sad and it was horrible. Yes. And at the bottom of it, like that's when mine turned right at the bottom of it. I was like, I almost felt like I was like, I actually think I could maybe die here. Like this is how dark this feels yes. that maybe this is what I'm getting close to. Like yes. maybe, that maybe that's where it could go. And yes. at that point I felt like I kind of had a choice and I was like, yeah, but that's not what I want. Like I need to bring myself yes. back out of this. And the deal I did with myself that it was, was it was allowed to be slow. All I had to do was one foot in front of the other, yes. one breath at a time, one day at a time. As long as it took, I was, Yes. I was allowed to have it. And so so I turned it around and yes, then it took a, one like, minute at a time sometimes. Yeah. Once I got myself out of the darkest of it, it took me a couple of weeks to like properly get going mm. again and feel kind of confident about moving in the world. Mm. And then at the end of it, I actually got really angry at my spirit guides because I'm... Oh, yeah, that's part of it, babe. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But like I really went to them and I was like, how dare you? Where were you? I was by myself. Where were you? And they showed me and I still can't mm. believe this, but it was so real. They showed me, you know, that, you know, that really cheesy poem that you sometimes yep. see the like footprints. hanging on a wall and it's the two... The two Two sets of footprints along the they ocean, must give along that the, um, out the beach. At a certain point of every dark night of the soul, because I got that too. Yeah. How many people have got it? Hands up. Yeah. Yeah. And who's people who don't know, the story is that it's like two sets of footprints looking back at your life, two sets of footprints on the beach, except at your hardest times when there's only one set of footprints. And so then you turn to God and you're like, well, how Where dare you, you abandon me? That was my hard time. And God's like, babes, that's when I was carrying you. Yeah. And that's really, and I was like, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Thanks. 
And back in the day of, you know, monasteries, etc., and Carolyn Meese talks about this, she said there was times where people would keep their distance from people who had been through this on a mystical level in fear that if they mm. looked at them, the eye of heaven would look at them next. And oh, this yeah, experience okay. at some point was considered only for people who were going to be the highest of mystics in society. So it was a monastic mm. thing. But what we've kind of discovered as human evolution is taking place and frequency is opening up and we're studying personal spiritual exploration, not through, as you described, the structures, these other religious orders that we've had, is that we're starting to see it happen more and more and more. I I really do stand by this, that, that there are people who teach this work that this is their brownie badge. And it's not to say, oh, if you've been through a, a dark night of the soul, you have it down and you know everything that's not true. But I do think it's the hallmark of a healer. But you know something. The reason being yeah. and the reason it is so important is there is a humility about yes. the fact that you know that you are not the highest power, that as yeah. the person in the room that is the channel or the helper you are yeah. part of the system. And, and being able to meet someone in their broken place and not and feel like you're above space. that, be able to be For like, sure. oh, I know that broken place. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. And so it's, a, you. it's part of the journey really into being able to do something on that divine level. And I think that there is a difference here and it's, it's probably worth explaining that there are some – experiences you go and you self-care and you feel good and it's like putting on a moisturizer and then there is some of this work that is like deep cosmetic surgery and you need somebody who understands that very deep Mm. work in order to move you through on that structural change yeah yeah and what role does devotion play in all of this It's interesting, the way out of the dark night of the soul seems to be the surrender point that then turns into devotion. And a lot of people, and, you know, I know I refer to recovery, but it's because it's a really clear journey back to power in the self. When you can have willpower and dedication and discipline over something that disempowered you or you've recovered from deep trauma or post-traumatic stress disorder or anxiety or loss, then you are able to move past some of the things that stagnate people into power Mm. and you have a sense of awareness about yourself. But a lot of people will say the turning point for me in my grief or the turning point for me in my recovery or the returning point for me in my PTSD and anxiety was complete and utter understanding that I was taken care of, that I needed devotional Mm -hmm. practice that was committed and consistent and that I was developing the relationship with myself and the divine consistently and it started to just pour in the way I described it was like I was lost and separated and alone. I was shaking. I, mine was about a year and a half. Oh I was goodness. in the bath nearly every single day. I was in so much physical pain. I had chronic fatigue. I was having visions. I was weeping. It was very, very hard. And there was a point where I felt full. I no longer felt alone. I had no idea where I was going and what I would be doing. 
but I was very sure that I would never be separated from that energy or myself again. And from there, I knew that the choices I made from that point would be true and authentic, even if it meant that they weren't grandiose choices. Like we're talking Mm. maybe it was just to get a very simple job and to stay very simple and to eat simple food and to take care of myself. I was so grateful and so in love with life and myself and the divine. You could have given me nothing but a bare room. In fact, I think I had nothing but a bare room and, you know, well, I had more than a few clothes, to be honest, but um, <laughs> but it, yes, life let's was be simple. Honest, please. But um, <laughs> basically, I was full, and I said to someone, "Wow, if," and it took me a moment, but wow, if that's what I had to go through, and I'll still say this today, by the way, if that's what I had to go through to get to where I got to, and all I know and feel today, I would do it again. I wouldn't want to do it again. But if it was the only way, I would do it again. It's a little bit prodigal son, isn't it? You go away and you have the struggles and then you come back and you get the hug. You come back and you are welcome back with open arms. Mm. And while we're talking a little bit about, you know, we've got all these um, Christian allegories turning up. So let's um, talk about miracles because they also happen in this area and you and I have both had a miracle or two in our lifetimes I think everyone at some point they might not call it a miracle they might call it an an accident or a fluke or a lucky day a lucky break but we've all had miracles and this is the chakra where they come through oh I love the language of miracles and this is the great thing about being up in these chakras fifth sixth and seventh chakra you become completely bilingual you start talking angel and earth energy at the same time and seeing symbols yeah you start to feel things and see in symbols and synchronicities and and relationships of all things miracle I don't know if you can expect them but you can certainly align to pray in what you need. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition and nobody expects a miracle that's not how they work yeah I don't know I think maybe what I can say is I don't know if you can predict the form that they're going to come in. You have to be completely yes. open. Yes, that's a good point. To the way yes. this is going to be solved or you know the way it's going to go. And I've recently mentioned yeah. my sister-in-law's passing. Of course, the miracle we were praying for for 3 days consistently, hundreds of people was that she was going to make it through the accident, yeah. that she was yeah. going to yeah. awaken from her coma. And that she'd be returned to her children and her my brother, her partner. Yeah. yeah. On the day that it was absolutely got decided that that was not the case, and it was very black and white. She was ninety nine percent not going to return brain wise. We had to move our prayers, and yeah. we had to move them into the highest and most gracious passing for her. So we and I felt that gear change, yeah. and was completely ready to say okay I'm going to need some hours because obviously I've been heading my Ferrari of prayer in this direction and now I need to turn it around and it was the acceptance that the miracle I'd been praying for wasn't going to happen but I knew that if I started praying in the other direction and committed to the journey that the higher law was working with that we would be shown and given that grace and that energy that comes in by doing that and that's exactly what happened. And it's and surrender again, isn't it? Surrender and devotion and and letting divine will take place. It is and it's a, it's big. It's a big spiritual moment yeah. as a human to know you're not going to get what you want but if you move yep. 
with the universe. It's going to show you the way. And we had spoken about it as a family and everyone was going to the hospital where she was going to pass and my brother took a photo of the most phenomenal rainbow that appeared over the hospital Mm. that remained there until just after she passed. And yeah. the bridge was available and that was the, the prayer. right there. And, you know, those miracles, I love hearing. You can, you can write to me over and over with those miracles because they are my soul food, but they happen. And the equally people get money when they need it or they, someone reaches in and helps at a very difficult moment. Um, what's your miracle story, Kiralee? Come on, juice me up. I love these. So I actually was really lucky. I got a miracle in the Holy Land and it was slightly different to, to your what you've just described. It was, I think it was a bit more in keeping with my, my aggressive personality sometimes. I had caught, so I was heading to, it was the first time I'd been to Israel and Palestine and I was catching a Sharut taxi from Tel Aviv into Jerusalem and I'd never been to any of these places before. And so it's like a taxi and people, I didn't know how it worked. So people were getting out along the way until finally I was the last person left. It's, it's kind of like a minivan. Mm. So the driver pulls over and says, you need rides over. You need to get out now. And he was super helpful. I showed him where my Airbnb was. He explained how to walk there. We had a good chat. Great, great, great. So then I get out and he leaves and I don't look at the van as it goes. I'm not paying any attention. I'm looking at my map. And then I go to get my, I had two bags. I had a little wheelie suitcase and I had just a little day pack and I did not have my day pack. And my day pack had my passport, my wallet, my credit cards, my phone. had you. (laughs) Just, it just, it was like I'd left a limb in the Sharut taxi accidentally. And I, yeah, yeah, it was not my finest moment. And I just froze for a moment. Mm. And then this kind of thing kicked in in me where I was like, okay, this is not happening. Mm. This is not going down like this. Mm. Nope, this is not my story. I've probably got about five minutes, I reckon, to sort this out before it's gone forever. And where I was standing, I could see the Dome of the Rock, the beautiful golden dome of the mosque in Jerusalem in the distance. And I looked at it and then I looked up at the sky and I was like, all right, God, I'm on your turf. I need a miracle. I need a miracle and I need it right now. Give me like, and I was really, I was a bit like, again, I was a bit like, right, here it is. God, I need a miracle. Give it to me now. I was not messing about. And so the first thing I saw was a, um, a police car. So I was like, excellent. So I run over to the police car and I tell the, the police officer what's happened. And she just could not have given less of a shit. She was just like, nothing I can do for you. And I was like, all right, thanks, lady. Peace. And then I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And I realized there was one of two ways that the taxi could have gone. It could have gone up or it could have gone down on the road. And I was like, okay, which one? Maybe it went up. And then I looked in the distance and I thought I could see a bus. And I thought, okay, maybe he does a run from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem and then turns around and goes back. Maybe that's a bus depot and he's going to pick up more passengers and turn around. Run, run, run. And I ran my little heart out to get there and I found him and I knocked on his taxi window he was full he was just about to go and I was like I've left my bag in the car and he said no you haven't I went yeah yeah yeah, I definitely had and there was someone sitting in the seat I'd been in and I had to like excuse me and reach under and there was my bag and I got it and then I was just like thank you thank you hallelujah wow and that's an example of you praying but then taking the action it's not like you just stood there 
and when it's going to come back to me, yes. you had to go and go, you're not going to help me. Right, now I'm going to run. And equally, yeah. you know, I, have, I don't know whether you've ever been somebody's miracle where you've mm. stood in and gone, I am going to help you. I have certainly done that for someone yep. in my life. Yep. But also when my grandfather was passing, I got a phone call in the middle of the night and my mother just said, please, you've got to come to the hospital. Obviously she was distressed and and so she yeah. she didn't have a lot to say. She just I knew where I needed to go to basically. So I just drove, got there because I wanted to see him before he passed, parked the car, probably up an embankment to be honest, and got out of the car, slammed the door and thought, right, it's four in the morning. I have absolutely no idea where I'm going in this massive hospital, standing in front of the information board. And at that very moment, a boy I had been to school with that – I had not seen for six years, walked out of the lift and said, hey, Lynette. And I went, oh, my God, Scott, hi, how are you? Listen, my grandfather's dying and he's in this wing and I don't know how to get to him. He went, I'll take you. He did not speak to me. Amazing. He grabbed my hand. He took me up the hallway, just didn't speak, dropped me at the room, dropped me at my mother's, sort of held his hands over his heart and I just said, thank you, thank you. And he went, thank you, and Scott. He, he left. And I thought I'm never going to get to say thank you to him. Years later, my sister ended up working with him and I got to yeah, say, hey, wow. thank you. And, you know, that's the thing. You've got to see that I think there is a point where you've got to take action. You've got to ask for what you need. Yes. You've really got to need it. Like you've really got to want it. Like this is different to manifestation. This is a sense of spiritual emergency button and you've got to draw that energy in like the pump through your heart. Yeah. And this is where yeah. the training of energy and connection help, right? Because you've been training mm. now with this. You practice yeah. this all the time on some minimal level compared to that. And then when you really need it, you've got it. And that's what happened during my sister's yeah. passing. It's like spiritual operation now. What also has to happen is you have to take the action. You have to be open to the way it's yep. going to come and you have to be able to respond. Yes. And I yes. think also sometimes you need to hear the call if you're the miracle or you need yeah. to just take the yeah. hand and go and not question yep. it. And that's yep. how it is this juicy, really big – and I'll say it again. This is different to manifestation, people. This is a whole yep. new level. Whole other level, Yeah. This whole system, it's a little bit like a muscle in, that you can strengthen. It's a little bit like a pump that you can really learn the mechanics of and understand how to use it and clean it and keep it functioning on a very high level, which brings us into the idea of the energy system and this chakra being the first filter of our energy system. So what, yeah. what exactly does it mean when we talk about that? Yeah, I call it the dimensional filter and it's absolutely like a pump system. And I think that's one of the things that's really happened in the last 10 to 15 years with people who work in this work is that if you've witnessed enough energy systems, you start to realize that energy moves in a certain way and it, it works and functions better in a certain way if it's moved in certain directions with certain kind of exercises or experiences. And you can see how if you lay this template of the chakric development over psychological development, over, you know, some kind of other model where people are becoming spiritually awakened 
aware and tuning into their wellness mentally, it all overlays and adding the spiritual and energetic component into your healing is massive. Mm. It gives it an extra boost. Yeah. You you don't just become yeah. psychologically well and balanced. You become a compassionate human being who can be of service, who is awakened. And I'm not saying you're perfect. I'm not saying this is about perfection. No, what I'm God, saying no. is that you just But it is addressing more, all parts of yourself. Yes, a, a, a person who's your available whole. to the subtleness of life, you know, not mm, just, oh, I'm mentally yeah. stable and I'm doing really well. And this is the difference to, uh, around somebody who is an energy or mindfulness mentor and spiritual coach compared to just a success coach. And a lot of people try and bring those things together. Mm. And I think that's great, but you've got to have really gone on this spiritual transcendent journey, I think, to be able to hold that space. Mm. You do really need to be careful what you're stepping into because it's not all the same. And a spiritual person or a spiritual coach needs to have gone through these chakric level understandings. And yeah, yeah, but it always comes with a warning. I'm always like, so it's lovely that you've signed up for this. And I'd just like to encourage you to be careful what you wish for, because yes. you're probably going to get it. And the um, the universe loves to see you step up. And so we'll go, oh, great, here she is. We've been waiting for her to be present. Yes. Great. So now here's this challenge and this challenge. And I'll just explode this thing over here. And we'll see how you go with that. And then, and so it's like, when you do start to step onto these paths, things can fall apart a little bit as they as they fall together. It's why I've never sold any of my processes as though I'm going to get you your stuff. Like, mm. or you want to be the, you know, on top because I don't know, is that your divine destiny? We won't know yet. Yeah. But what I can guarantee yeah, into is it. that you will be more in your alignment and your yeah. connection and you will be in more gracious joyful acceptance of all that is and yes usually that means that you are your highest 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 version of your most happy abundant yeah. fulfilled self which is awesome but the journey yeah. there you've also is, got to break some eggs yeah, to get it an omelet depends how much yes. structure there is to move <laughs> if there is a divine recorrection Going back to this as a filter system, I think this is really important, Carolee, because we started here. We started with grounding, intention, support, and protection. Yes. And this yes. chakra, as other, is below, we need to go above. And this chakra yep. here needs that energy, security, support, and protection. So when you do your gold dome connection and grounding meditation, or when you imagine yourself in a gold bubble or you're in a shower and you're flicking off the energy from the day that's sort of coming in to this area of your body, basically what you're starting to do is say, I own this space. This is my space. And anything yes. that is kind of noise or congestion needs to leave. And that space psychically really responds well to that. And if you're feeling mm. really like you're getting migraines and it, it's intense in your thought space, it's probably because it, it, there is a, you know, you need to go and empty the filter. The quickest way to go and empty the filter is to go to nature and to get into the ocean yes. or have a salt bath or have a yes. shower. Um, yes, the, hug a tree. Yep, and to listen to high frequency, you know, sound and music and even I find the wind amazing in this mm. chakra. So if you live in a near a windy point, that's also amazing as well. So, you know, you can 
do all sorts of things where you flick above your head or clap above your head or you can use some kind of smoke that also can clear it out and then you just imagine yourself in that beautiful gold bubble and it really does reset that filter. You'll find that you feel peaceful mentally as well. What does it feel like when this chakra is out of balance? We often feel very isolated, very alone. Mm, Alone, yes. So loneliness means that there is an Mm. absence of connection with the divine and with yourself. It's actually not about anybody else. It's about this telephone line of energy is not building you with the higher grid. And just as grounding is important, you know, that divine connection, which many of us may have repelled or not been taught how to connect to, is so important for this fulfilment and to use your energetic pump to its optimum. So we feel alone. Um, Migraines, meaning that you're struggling with letting go, struggling with control, struggling with letting the energy flow through the mental space. So being very afraid that you're going to receive messages that you don't want. I have people that say, you can talk to me about my future, but I don't want to know this, this and this. And that says to me, you are blocking and frightened. The divine is not going to tell you what you want and you're scared of the actions struggling with control. that you're going to take. And usually yeah. that's because yeah. at, in childhood there was a point where you were out of control, feeling not secure and so, you know, you're holding on in your mind. Chakras, migraines can be some forms of depression where hopelessness because these centers really open us up to hope they open us up to something bigger a vision the divine design in us in everything and if they're closed we can't see it we're like yeah nothing I've got nothing and nothing looks good nothing feels good. yeah and I have worked with people like that I call it um, disenchantment and I talk to them about Mm. going and playing and doing anything they can't go and sit in a drumming circle go and sit in anything that lights your soul preferably not something that reaches for transcendental drugs or sex, alcohol, no. anything that gives you a, a high from because the outside numb. that yeah. is yeah, yep. chemical or, or a dopamine high, but something that is more of that natural spiritual connection or high and to get it moving again. Massage, touch is very important in this chakra. Yeah, yep, um, yep, and yep. also I think that one of the things we can get is really disturbing visions. Like if you're you're like, oh, I keep getting really bad dreams and you're frightened of, you know, psychic and energies or feeling like there's constantly bad stuff in a space and not just one space, like many spaces or seeing the worst in situations. Like there are times I say to people, turn off your TV, stop watching the news because it's... Stop listening to the murder podcasts, people. True crime podcasts, they might be doing your head in. Yes, because energy goes where attention flows and this chakra is very reactive. So if you keep feeding it, you know, this information... I don't know if you've ever watched those YouTube videos, but they just keep spinning around and around and they can take you down some really dark wormholes. And, you know, I've read people who Mm. I go, my goodness, the interference in your higher chakras. Are you sitting in front of the TV all the time watching these really disturbing images? Yes. Okay, we need to stop. Can we read something or watch something lovely? And, you know, um, what do they call it? Hope punk. Um, you know, you can either be grim dark or hope punk. And I'm going to say hope punk is our our journey here. Flamingo territory. We've got to head towards <laughs> things that help us vibrate so, higher. 
Um, if we have hope punked mm. our little hearts out mm. um, and we've done our healing here, what does it look like when this chakra is in balance? What kind of smooth running um, can we look forward to? Yes. Okay. So things just flow as if by some kind of almost divine timing. Even if it wasn't your time, you go, wow, I was late, you were late, awesome. (laughs) Um, You know, perfect dress, first shop. Um, You know, it's just like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. I think things, they they come through a lightness. There is a sense of your... Some sort of synchronicity as well, a bit of a divine joke, love a divine joke. Fullness, abundance, Mm. um, lots of visions and ideas, almost like an entrepreneurial energy or spirit and a connection and feeling of like you'll see something that is spiritual or humanly very special and it will bring you to tears. There's a sense of you are oh. activated by it. You oh. are moved by life. Yeah. You are in Open life. To the world. And it's not about having stuff and it's not about doing stuff. It's like, oh, my God, just standing here with that breeze on my face. I am alive and I am in love and I am grateful. It, it, it's all okay. You know, it's deeper breathing. Mm. It's all those Mm. beautiful, yummy Mm. things. That spiritual energy pulse through you and out into the world. It's vast. I think the word for this chakra is vast. Look, there is just so much gorgeousness and and delight in this chakra. Yeah, it's often referred to or visualized as the thousand-petaled lotus, and when the the concept of a thousand is actually the concept of infinity, so there almost is infinity in this chakra. It's a lot to put into one yes, episode of fast. one podcast. What are our takeaways from that? Today? This door is always open. It's it's never shut. It's always you, every single human and living being yep. on this planet has connection to this portal. It is yours. To yeah. God is good to to experience. It is akin to the most magical human feeling that you could possibly have. It is true ecstasy, and when it filters through all the other aspects of your body and being, it is like living a life of love. And yes, there are journeys and steps to get there, and they are worth it. And there are people that have gone before you and they are there to help and guide you and talk to you and you feel this chakra. You feel the truth in it. You feel the truth in the people that understand it and who are holding your hand. And it is not about rigid rules, laws and dogma and you must do this and you mustn't do that. There is a personal journey that you wiggle yourself through like a birth canal in this process. And it will show you the way. It will show you the way of your life. It's like a, the GPS for your soul and then it recorrects your life and then the map that you were looking for starts to appear and sometimes you don't even need the map anymore because you kind of trust that someone else has got the steering wheel a little bit and you're on a bit of cruise control and it's good. This is the miracle chakra and you are a miracle. And you are divine. This is how you connect mm-hmm. to the divine and you are the divine. Hey, Divine Lynette, so wonderful talking <laughs> with you about all of this today. Um, if you enjoyed this chat, if you want to um, help other people find out about the podcast, please rate and review us. Head to iTunes or wherever you can rate and review podcasts. We really appreciate those comments and, um, and little five stars. Our universal treasure chest. 
on this episode will come out next week, early next week. Uh, Lynette is going to host it. It's going to be excellent. Check it out. Uh, Lynette, oh, support, support you. you. And hey, you said it. You got the God word. I, I used the word God pretty comfortably a few times there, didn't I? Yeah, go me. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. The Woo Woo-verse is recorded and edited by our incredible super producer, Dan Zivkovic. We love him. And if this conversation has brought up anything for you or if there's any extra work you've realised you want to do around this topic, then please know that you do not have to traverse the Woo Woo-verse alone. We encourage you to build a support team around you and to do what you need to do to take really good care of yourself because you're amazing. So be good to you.